We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We ready to talk about Clemson, man? Ready for yes, it? Sir. Now we it. can dive into actually who Clemson is and we can explain yes. why yep. this game concerns us. But also, Ryan, why I understand why people kind of look at this game and just assume this should be a rollover game because you watch the film, Ryan, and you're like, this isn't this isn't your old you know, you say this isn't your grandfather's whatever. This isn't your older brother's Clemson, right? Like this right, is it's not. Yeah. <laughs> this is not that Clemson team. Because those Clemson teams knew how to win, and this team doesn't. But they're still dangerous, which we'll get into. But let's just kind of quickly go over the Clemson season so far, Ryan. Obviously, a season-opening loss to Duke on a Monday night. A loss, mm-hmm. lost. Uh, you had the ball first and goal at the one-yard line in the fourth quarter with a chance that you were down 13-7 with a chance to take the lead. Fumbled the ball. Duke ran it. I believe they got all the way past midfield on the fumble recovery. Punched it in the end zone, and all of a sudden it's 20-7. to It was ball game. That was just a, a, a game-defining uh, game uh, opportunity for Clemson. Come out next week, smash Charleston Southern, who's obviously not very good. They beat Florida Atlantic convincingly, who's not very good. Took Clemson, Florida State down to the wire. They were up ten to se- they were up ten to seven, then jumped up seventeen to seven. Florida State came back, uh, made it seventeen fourteen at halftime, and then they tied it up seventeen seventeen. Clemson went up twenty four seventeen. Florida State tied it up twenty four twenty four. I believe in the fourth yep. quarter is when Florida State yes. tied it up 24-24. Uh, Clemson did. drove, and it was about a minute and a half left, and they line up to kick a 29-yard field goal, and guy misses it. And then they go in overtime, and Florida State wins in overtime. And once he missed that field goal, you, you knew it was over. That was their chance to win. You knew that Florida State wasn't going to lose that game at that point in time. But, again, that was a toe-to-toe, and it wasn't the Florida State played bad. I mean, the mistakes that Florida State made in that game, a lot of them were because Clemson forced them. If They played a really good football game. And and the, the touchdown that tied the game up, it was 24-17. Clemson was driving. They were in Florida State territory when yeah. Cade Klubnik fumbled that ball that Kalen Deloach, Deloach ran back for a touchdown. Like, again, yeah. another moment where Clemson was on the verge of putting a team away or taking a lead. That would have been a tough one to come back from for Florida State. 
if Clemson goes down there and punches that one in the end zone. The way that the way that Clemson's defense was playing in that game, I don't know that Florida State's got two touchdowns left in them the rest of the way. But they didn't make it happen. Right. Come out the next week, they bounce back really well. Beat a, a, a at the time Syracuse is playing much better football. That's a weird team, by the way. We'll talk about that another time. Come back Man, and they, beat a quality. They sucked against Virginia Tech this but week. They, they, just, they, they just do that, right? They'll start off 6-0 and and then lose the rest of their game. Start off 4-0 this year, and they've lost four straight. It's a very weird program. Clemson started their slide by going on the road, beating them 31-14, had an ugly, sloppy win over Wake Forest. They got it done. And then they had the bye week, and you're like, okay, Clemson, they're going to they're gonna rest, they're going to recover, they're going to come back motivated, ready to go. They've got two tough road games, but they got rest. They they they've won two games in a row. Like I said, they were they were ranked 26th in the like they were 26th in like the first team with the most votes that didn't make the top 25. You go on the road and beat Miami, you're in the top 25. You know, NC State, you're you're in the top 20, and then you got Notre Dame at home, and you you've got all your all your everything you want to play for still right there in front of you because there's a pretty good chance. Clemson at two losses is still getting in the ACC title game with a chance to get their revenge against Florida State. Didn't happen. Lost in overtime to Miami, another game that they led, and then blew the lead. And then NC State, I would say, outplayed them. Ryan, that was the one game where just they flat out got outplayed. It wasn't about them necessarily making mistakes, although they still made plenty of mistakes. They just got beat that game, in my opinion. They They just got beat in that game. And that's where they are, four and four. They're a yeah. they're a four and four football team. That's that's who Clemson is right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I think this perfectly illustrates how volatile of a team this is, right? Because again, if you watch that Duke game, that game was a whole lot more competitive than what the 28 to seven was. It was just Clemson fumbling and not making key stops in certain situations, allowing Riley Leonard to bust one on a third and whatever scramble drill for a big game. I mean, it was, 
it was a it was a ugly contest in that regard. one of four in the red zone, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, they were terrible in the red one zone. One of terrible. four in the red zone. Not not touchdowns total. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> it, it it adds to your point of that wasn't a beat a Duke beatdown where they just came out and beat him twenty eight seven. Wasn't like right. that. No, no, they didn't dominate him start to finish. Duke made the plays that they needed to. They were better with taking care of the football. Clemson shot themselves in the foot all night. And then you almost take a Florida State team that's a good football team down the wire. That's an 8-0 football team that has a chance to win the ACC and potentially contend for a playoff spot this year. A good football team. And I would, again, argue, if you watch that football game, I thought in the fourth quarter that that Clemson had more chances to win that football game than Florida State had chances to win that football game. Right. I mean, Clemson was front-running, and then they had a chance again with a 29-yard field goal. I mean, that guys, for reference... You add 17 to where the ball is on the field for a field goal. That ball was on the 12 yard was snapped at the 12 yard line yep. on this 29 yard field goal. Like that's it's just a bad loss. It's a bad loss again mm-hmm. when you outplayed a team that is better than you right now. And that team that is yep. has national relevance this year. And then you come in back to back weeks again. I know Miami the U has been a Good team at times, a average team at other times. Like they're kind of a little bit volatile as well, but they get that victory in overtime, and then you just get smacked against NC State. Yeah. Like I don't know what else to say about that game. I watched. And they the lost game, to a like, freshman quarterback against Miami right. as well, so it wasn't yeah. like they oh, lost Emory to Williams. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's just been a brutal two game stretch for Clemson. Now getting limping into this game against Notre Dame, you have to. I, I'm just very curious what their mindset is coming into this football game, Brian, because it's Dabo Sweeney. So I assume that he's going to have his guys locked in and ready to go. And I'm sure that they'll be, you know, have juice to them, well, but some teams would quit on this, right? Like they would yes. be like, dang dude, like we yeah. stink. Like we're not good right now, but yeah. I have to think that Dabo's going to get the best out of his team. That's just kind of how my opinion on it. So to, to your point, Ryan Notre, this is why I pointed out during the, the previous segment, why, Notre Dame fans should be able to relate to where Clemson is at right now because Notre Dame has been here before. Notre Dame was here last year, like almost this exact spot last season, you know, four and three, you'd lost a, to a bad Stanford team at home. You'd lost to a good, but Marshall team that still had no business beating you. You got out thoroughly outplayed in the second half against Ohio State. You're sitting there four and three. Yeah, you beat UNLV, whoop-de-doo. You beat BYU, whoop-de-doo. And you're you're heading to Syracuse. And a lot of Notre Dame fans at the time were like, man, this team, this team stinks. They're going to lose Syracuse. Syracuse is a really good team. I think they were six and one. They took their only loss was to Clemson, and they took Clemson down the wire and, and had a chances to win that game. A lot of Notre Dame fans understandably thought that. That was just not going to – you're going on the road. You're not going to win that game. You're struggling. you know. And then now, remember the conversations at the time. You know, you're looking at your schedule. Boy, they still got to play Clemson. They still got to go to USC. This could get ugly. I, I, There were actually a couple people in, in the, on the message board last year that were talking about, I don't know if Notre Dame's going to make a bowl game, looking at the schedule. Now, that was the extreme, but the extreme was there because that's how Notre Dame was playing at the time. And what did Notre Dame do? They bounced back. They smashed UNLV. They smashed Syracuse. They they smashed Navy for a while, and then that game, you know, just first got half, weird. First in the half, half they smashed. Right? And the second half it was a collapse. Yeah. And then <laughs> they smash they smash um, Boston College, and yep. then just lost to a better USC team. Bounced back and win a big bowl game. And all of a sudden, the team it's three and three, and people are wondering, 
after the Stanford game, somewhat understandably, is this team going to make a bowl game? Right. Yeah. When you look at what was left on their schedule, now they're nine and four and, and going into the season as a borderline top 10 team. Why? Because they finished strong. This is exactly where Clemson is, right? And this is the whole point is, and they have a coach that we know can rally a team because he's done it. He's had to do it before. And, and so uh, this is a situation where this is, that's why Clemson's dangerous because they do have a talented roster. Is this as talented of a roster as they've had? Guys, we've been saying for two years, this these aren't vintage Clemson teams. We said this about Clemson's team last year when Notre Dame played them. It was a big game. They were number four team in the country, but we we, we were honestly then. This isn't a this isn't 2018 Clemson. This isn't even 2020 Clemson, but it's still a dangerous football team. You've got to come out and play your A game. Notre Dame did. They smacked them. And this is a similar team. If you just think that this is just a 4-0, four, no, 4-4 four four football team that hasn't beaten anybody good, you'd be right. But you'd also be missing the fact that this team is can can you don't want to be the team that the light goes on right for them. Yeah. You don't want to be that team. And, and, and there's still talented players there, all over this roster, which we'll highlight the rest of the week. We'll talk about guys like Barrett Miller. We'll talk about guys like Will Shipley if he plays, sure. Phil Moffa. We'll talk about Tyler Davis. We'll talk about Ruka Roro. We'll talk about Nate Wiggins. Like there's a Derek Carter. I mean, yeah. K. Klubnik didn't stop being a talented quarterback. He's just young and making mistakes. The light's going to go on for him someday. You just need to make sure it's not against you. Let's dive into the numbers here, Ryan. This is going to give some, some context as well. The issues that Clemson's having this year. Hold on a second. It's not showing up now. Give me one second. Let me get this up here. Where did it go? I think Where that screen it? froze. There we go. Oh. Okay, now we're back at it. You can see where Clemson's problem is, Ryan. It is very easy to diagnose why Clemson is four and four. There is a lot of not good over here on offense. They rank 64th in the country in points per game. They rank 49th in yards per game, but only 79th in yards per play. Uh, They rank 65th in rushing yards, 98th in tackles for loss allowed. They also rank 65th in sacks allowed because their offensive line has been a problem. They rank 46th in passing yards, but again, they're a volume team, right? They get a lot of yards, but low yards per play because they run a lot of plays. They're 93rd in yards per attempt, 121st in yards per completion. I'm I'm still having nightmares about T. Higgins and Justin Ross running by Notre Dame's corners, and I'm now looking at this team, and they're 121st in yards per completion. In, in 124th in red zone offense, and they've committed 15 turnovers this season, which is just, I mean, just really unheard of for a team like Clemson. And they've thrown, they've thrown five, they've only thrown five interceptions. They've lost 10 fumbles. And that to me is, is symbolic of what this issue is. They're a very just poorly coached football team right now on offense. They just are. They beat themselves a lot. You know, you talk about identity, no identity. Yes, none. You know, you want to talk about the issues and all those type of things on offense. And, but here's the deal. Here's what I know. They went for over 400 yards against Florida state. They've got the ball in the, I think it was the, I think it was the fourth quarter. Let me look and see when that. Yes, it was the. It was the. It was late in the. It was late in the third quarter. So there was less than a minute left in the third quarter. Clemson's up twenty-four to seventeen. I'm going to give you the exact situation because it was a. It was a. To me, it was the. It was the turning point of their season, Ryan. Honestly, even even before the field goal, I think this was the turning point of their season. 
They get the ball back with a minute 31, 41 left in the third quarter. They had just forced a three-and-out punt, right? They had scored on their previous drive to go up 24-21. Long drive, 11 plays, 77 yards. They were starting to lean on Florida State a little bit, if you remember that drive. Hit a couple yep. nice plays, a couple shots down the field. They force a quick three-and-out. They get the ball, a minute 41 left in the third quarter. First play, you remember that Phil Moffa goes right up the middle of the left, cuts it back, 46-yard yep. gain. Two, they're now second and 10 at the Florida State 29-yard line. They bring a safety blitz. Cade Kulbick never sees it. Moffa misses yep. the block, drills Klubnik, ball goes flying up. Kalen Deloach picks it up, runs it back for a touchdown. With 30 seconds left, they tied the game. Clemson I is 29 yards. right? Akeem Denton, I think that had the fumble, sack. I believe. I, I think, think so. so yeah. yeah. And yeah. and Deloach picks it up, runs it back, and Cle- in a potential thirty-one to seventeen game where it's basically over because Florida yeah. State was not going to drive again two times on score on that Clemson defense. Not that day, especially now that you have to pass because fl- receive the receivers from Clemson made some big plays, but they had to fight for those yards because Sheridan Jones and Nate Wiggins are good football players and are playing at a high level this year. And they still had R.J. Mickens, who was playing well at the time. He's now out, with which is weird. So you see what happened with him? Mm-hmm. He had an appendectomy yeah. after the uh, after the Miami loss. Okay, He had to get his appendix removed. So that's why he's Ooh. out. Yes, very scary situation. So he won't be playing this weekend. The, the, he's, one a of good, he's a good really, safety, too. He's he was good, having yeah. a really good year. They had a, Their safeties as a whole were playing, because that's been a weakness for them for years. Yeah, like even going back to the 2018 team, I was like, man, you can take advantage of their safeties. You know, yeah, yeah. Tanner Muse, him, him, Tanner him and Muse are and pretty good Wallace. now. Yes, yeah. and Jalen Phillips is having a nice year this year as well. Yeah. He's having a solid year this year as well. And then they were starting to do some things with him, Makuba, where they were moving him around, playing him a little yeah. bit of corner in rotation, put him in some slot, and then you can't do that anymore now. So anyway, your Florida State that day was not scoring two more times on Clemson if Clemson goes down and punches it in, and they had all the momentum. And then that play happens. But that's that right there at the bottom. It's like that's who Clemson is. I mean, same thing happened against Miami, you know, where, where Klubnik is just kind of running and just psh, ball gets knocked out of his hand. They lost a touchdown because Will Shipley fumbles the ball at the at the goal line. I mean, he's literally about to score and he gets the ball knocked out and and, yep. and Miami recovers the football. So this has been a team that has has been close to making those those moments that they need to turn their season around. And they just make those mistakes that cost them football games. Notre Dame can't allow them to eliminate those mistakes, right? I mean, you have to be the team that kind of puts that away. And just for for to make a point, Will Shipley fumbles. Miami gets the ball back on the very next play. They run 80 yards for a touchdown. They fumble the ball, and their guy recovers it in the end zone. Although I think they ruled that he was already in. I believe if I remember correctly, Ryan, they ruled he was already in. But they recover yeah. just that's how the ball that's how the ball bounces sometimes, right? And so they've had plenty of chances, Ryan, to to right the ship. So, like you said, they're not just going out there getting their butts kicked every weekend. And what keeps them in games, however, is over here, Ryan. This is a very good defensive football team. The 21 points a game does not do justice to how good this you, this team you can is. St- you can stare at the turnovers on the left side and understand why the point per game is so high when they only average yep. to let up 266 yards a game yep. and 4.3 yards per play. This is a very good defense, yep. folks. A They've lot given of talent on this defense. Yep. Two pick sixes. They've yep. given up a fumble return for a touchdown. 
uh, on the season. So they've given up three touchdowns just by the defense alone. And to your point, the offense has given teams very short fields to get other touchdowns. This is pro they're playing more like, I mean, if you really compare the numbers, Ryan, and I'm going to, I'm going to do some things here where I'm going to compare some of the pro football focus, disruptive numbers and production numbers, and you'll see it's very close to what Notre Dame is. That's, that's how well they've played this year. They should be more on par with where Notre Dame is from a, a points per game standpoint. If you, if you take away the offense, just turning the ball over a ton this season. And, and so number six in yards per game, number eight in yards per play, 16th and yep. fewest rushing yards allowed 16th and, in, in uh, yards allowed per rush they're 12th in tackles for loss and they're only 54th in sacks they have generated a lot of negatives in the run game which has me a little bit concerned about this that matchup which i'll talk about tomorrow they rank ninth in fewest passing yards allowed sixth in lowest yards per attempt ninth in lowest yards per completion 12th in quarterback rating they're good not great on the third on third down and in the red zone you know, they're, they're top 40 in both. Not elite, but they're they're good in both. This is a very good defense, and this is the side of the ball that concerns me because the Notre Dame offense, I don't know who they are yet. Yes, they've had a couple nice yeah. bounce back games, but they've had a lot, they've got a lot to prove. They've got to show, and that's something when you look at this matchup, Ryan, the offense, the we're, we talk about what we're gonna learn about Notre Dame. Yeah, this is a big we're gonna learn a lot about the Notre Dame offense this week. Because you may be playing a four and four football team, but you're playing a top ten defense. Yep, F- fact. No, to me, it's not even debatable. You're playing a top yep. ten defense, and well, so you've got to go out and yep, you got to go out. And I was prove just going to say there's there's NFL players and there's all Americans everywhere, potential mm-hmm. Americans on Clemson everywhere. I mean, I in my matchup article that'll be coming out, like I talked a lot about Notre Dame's interior offensive line is still one that we have questions about, right? As far as what the consistency level can be, can they be the Ohio state version on a week to week basis? Are they somewhere in between? Are they the Tennessee state version or the, you know, Louisville version or the Duke Mm -hmm. version? Like which version is this offensive line on the interior? And this is the game where, if you could ever be that Ohio state version again, this is the game to do it, right? Because you're facing off against, Tyler Davis, Rukororo, both kids are going to be NFL players. The Peter Woods kid, the true freshman's been playing, Mm -hmm. and he's going to be a very good football player as he continues to develop and gain more experience. They have a lot of, especially interior defensive linemen. DJ Parker's another freshman who's a dude for them. Uh, I mean, yeah, he is a dude. Yes, Ryan, linebackers, NFL guys, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, if you get beat up by that interior defensive line or that defensive line in general as well, it's going to allow Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter to just run free, which that's not what you want to do. Those kids are both undersized, and you could take advantage of them in certain situations, but if they're running free because your defensive line is playing really well in front of them, then they're going to make a lot of plays. And then, I mean, secondary-wise, I mean, we were just texting about it earlier, Brian. Nate Wiggins might be the best corner that you're going to see all year. Yeah. All due respect to yeah. Denzel Burke. Nate Wiggins is that guy, a, in my opinion. As a He's cover a guy. As yeah. a cover guy. I would argue that Denzel Burke is a much more effective tackler and run defense, run screen defender. I think you could make the same case about the two kids at Duke. But 
because and you'd mentioned this to me, Ryan, too, when we were texting. You're like, look, run at that kid, run at him, yes. make him tackle, make Screens. him you know, because he's yeah. a very skinny kid. He's not yep. like Cam Hart, where he's thin but strong. He's a very skinny yep. kid. He wants to go out there and cover all day. He and is the really best cover <laughs> corner that Notre Dame will face this year, in my opinion. I don't think there's a better one. All around corner, maybe we could have a conversation. But right now, I'm more concerned about Notre Dame making plays in the pass game. And Sheridan Jones has been pretty good, uh, much better this year. I mean, this was an area that the last couple of years, Ryan, was a major weakness, corner and safety. And the safeties have gotten a lot better. And the the corners have gotten a lot better. The corners always had talent, Ryan. They just would give up yeah. plays. You're like, what are you doing, right? Like, you're not playing to your potential. This year, they are. And, you know, so – so, but if 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 Toriano Pride plays, basically every time he's in the game, they don't even say, okay, go at him, right? Sam Hartman destroyed that kid last year, and then he comes in against NC State. They throw a slant on him. He misses the tackle, and the guy runs 72 yards for a touchdown, right? I mean, go at him. But the two starting corners are dudes. They are absolute dudes. So this is going to be a huge test. If Notre Dame's offense plays well in this game, there will be some that might dismiss it because, oh, they're four and five. That's fine. As a team, that's fine. This is, in my opinion, the second best all-around defense that they're going to face this season, in my view. And I would say behind Ohio State. I think Ohio State's defense as a whole is is better than – than Duke simply because their linebackers are much better. Secondaries yep. are very close. D-lines, very close. They're different, very close in production. Uh, to me, it Ohio State's balance at all four spots, safety, corner, linebacker, D-line is why they're my number one for me. Duke is the most physical defense that Notre Dame played this year. I would argue Clemson is the second best. Now, where are they going to be mental? And as from a mental space standpoint after the last couple games? We're going to find out. But they didn't lose this last game because of the defense guys. They only gave up. They only gave up. I'm looking at it here. The NC State offense only had 202 yards of offense against Clemson, and they had 72 of them came on one play. You know, you know what I mean. Like they had 24 points. Seven of them came on a 72 yard catch and run. It was a slant route. Guy misses a tackle when he runs, and then another touchdown was on Peyton Wilson picking a pass off. That was a sick play, by the way. He made that look way easier than it should have been. And then shows off his freaky athleticism, runs it back for a touchdown. I mean, yeah, defense was dominant outside of one play. Uh, you know, so so this defense is going to be ready to play, Ryan. And that's my concern is that the def- the 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 Notre Dame offense struggles against this defense to the point where Clemson can break one in the fourth quarter for a score and win the game. That's the fear. Right. That's that's the upset fear for me is that yeah. matchup. But if the offense can come out to play. Yes, it helps you win, but B, it's 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 a sign to us. Well, it is to me, Ryan, and, and you can you can tell me if you agree. It's a sign to me that this offense has truly turned a corner, and this is the last chance to prove that this season. Like for Jared Parker, this is a huge game. This is his last chance to show I can go do what we did against Pitt and Central yeah. Michigan and Navy against a really good defense which I don't know that he's done. I'd say he, yeah, he's done once against NC State. But the next three good defenses they played, he didn't didn't do well. This is going to be one of the best he's going to face. And, and you can't just take the game plan from last year against Clemson and think that it's going to work this year because I don't think it's going to. I mean, last year, it didn't make any sense why Notre Dame was 
so easily able to run the football against that Clemson team last year. It literally didn't make any sense. They were only through for about 90 yards in that football game, and they came out from start and finish and just ran down Clemson's throat. And it didn't make any sense because that was a good run-stopping team, and Notre Dame's was just from start to finish, was able to run it down their throat and block them up and was able to dominate that football game. Notre Dame can't do that in this game, in my opinion. Notre Dame is going to have to come out and have much more of a balanced attack and have much more of an ability to create some plays in the passing game. And as you see by these numbers, folks, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, to create pass, to create chunk plays in the passing game against this team. But you cannot come out and just be the same ball control, run the ball down your throat team that you saw last year. Because you know what Clemson's going to do, Brian? They're going to oh, look at that yeah. game last year and be like, that's not going to happen again. Like, are you crazy? We're not, we're, we are going to put more into stopping the run this year than we were last year. We're going to dare you to throw the football on us. And Notre Dame's going to have to create a couple plays in this football game from a passing game perspective. When, and, and we'll dive a lot more into this in the keys to victory, Ryan. But the reason this is a tough matchup for Notre Dame is because Clemson has the corners to be able to just say, we're just going to line up and go man and just play you one on one and dare you to beat us with Jaden Thomas and Jaden Greathouse and Tobias Merriweather because we don't think you can. And nobody has yet. Nobody's been able to make those kind of plays on the outside. They're going to load the box because they are not going to want to let happen what happened to them last year. They're they're not. Now, they don't have the same horses they had last year either. Let's be honest. They don't have Miles Murphy. That's a loss. They don't have Brian Bercy. That's a loss. But they're still really good. And Notre Dame's guards are not right now playing really well and and yeah. Zeke Carroll's been very up and down and I think part of that is because of the guards and we talked about this when the center's getting used to bit with guards around him and he doesn't maybe trust the guard play that can really have an impact on the center especially a guy like Zeke who's not you know a massive guy or an elite athlete can just get away with certain things that, that some of the really really elite talents can so it's it's going to be a battle. You're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to play at a high level, and you're going to need a good game plan because this is a really, really good defense. And I, like I said, yep. I would argue this is the second-best defense you're going to play all year behind Ohio State. And Ohio State has proven since that game that they're an elite defense. I mean, they've, they've shown themselves to be that. They're an elite defense. And Clemson is also an elite defense. They're just, unfortunately, playing with a really bad offense. Yes. <laughs> really bad offense. 28 points a game. You you went out and got the biggest name on the offensive coordinator offensive coordinator list this offseason. You brought him in to run your system that was already in place and you're curious on why you have not been a very good offensive team. I'm yeah. shocked. I'm shocked that that's happened, yeah. but Yep. Ryan, I want to compare some stats for the Notre Dame defense versus the Clemson defense just to kind of give yeah. some context on how good Clemson has been this year. This is from Pro Football Focus. This is data collection, so we're looking at it this way, Ryan. Uh, pressures per game, Notre Dame averages 20. Clemson averages 18.5. Hits on the quarterback per game, Notre Dame's at 4. Clemson's at 3.1. Sacks on the quarterback per game, Notre Dame's at 2.7. Clemson's at 2.9. Run stops per game, which is basically wins for the defense. 26.1 for both teams. I, I, and the reason I'm doing per game is because Notre Dame's played one more game than Clemson. So I started giving you like raw data. It would be very skewed in Notre Dame's favor. So I'm giving you the per play averages. Notre Dame is allowing opponents to complete 57.5% of their passes on the season. That's according to pro football focus. Again, because what they do is they remove 
they they get their completion percentage by removing things like throwaways, uh, batted balls, the things that aren't actual comp- like. Uh, when I say completed passes, I mean passes that reach their conclusion essentially, or right. have a target it in gets mind. to the receiver. Yeah, correct, right. correct. Whether yeah. it's incomplete, picked off, whatever. So batted balls get taken out, throwaways get taken out. So fifty-seven point five is actually a pretty decent number. Notre Dame's at fifty-one point four, I think, on the season overall. When you include all those type of things, uh, Clemson's at sixty-one point seven. So Notre Dame has the advantage there. Notre Dame is allowing 6.2 yards per target. Clemson's only allowing 6.0 yards per target. Notre Dame is allowing 10.9 yards per catch. Clemson's allowing 9.8 yards per catch. Notre Dame has has 33 passes defensed, which is 33.7 per game. Clemson has 26, which is 3.3 per game, because, again, they've played one less game. Here's some interesting numbers, too, Ryan. We, We talk about how often Clemson likes to blitz. This season, Notre Dame has brought pressures from its linebackers 245 times. Now, that's not 245 snaps because some of them are your linebackers coming twice. That is an average of, for Notre Dame, 27.2 pressures per game from the linebackers. Now, uh, rushes per game, not pressures, pass rushes per game. So times that they were used to rush the quarterback. Some of those are going to be third down. Clemson, who also likes to bring their linebackers, only has 163 uh blitzes from their linebackers ryan which is only which is 20.4 on the season so notre dame is about seven more per game now here's another difference notre dame on the season has brought 31 cornerback pressures and 19 safety pressures which is good for 5.6 per game clemson has brought 25 corner pressure corner fires and 20 safety blitzes which is good for 5.6 per game so they both bring this DBs a lot on pressures, and and so that number's about the same. So it just shows how often Notre Dame brings bring, triggers somebody in, in, in the past game. But Clemson also still does it a lot. And so then they have two common opponents. Brian, as we continue to kind of give you some data on Clemson, uh, the Duke offense scored 14 points against Notre Dame, had 323 yards, 4.8 yards per play. They scored 28 points against Clemson, 374 yards and 5.8 yards per play. The Duke, the, the NC State offense against Notre Dame had 24 points and had 344 yards of offense, but also only 4.4 for, per play, which is relevant because Duke or NC State scored 17 offensive points against Clemson and had 202 yards in the game, which is 142 more or fewer than they had against Notre Dame. But they were 4.4 per play. So the yards per play was the same. They just ran fewer plays. And then defensively, Notre Dame held Duke to 300 and, uh, excuse me, Notre Dame's offense went for 381 yards against Duke and 6.1 yards per play. Clemson had more yards, Ryan, at 422 which is, what would that be, about 41 more? But they were only 5.1 yards per play. So Notre Dame had more big plays in the game. They went for a whole yard better yards per play. Against NC State, Clemson's offense uh, had 364 yards, went for 4.5 yards per play. The Notre Dame offense went for 456 yards and 7.5 yards per play because Notre Dame ripped off a lot of big plays in that game. So that is the how they've done against each other. Both defenses played really well in both games. Notre Dame's offense has, has outperformed Clemson in those two games. 
Now you need to make sure that you do it again because that's what this game comes down to for me, Ryan. When you when you break it down, it's two great defenses against two. Eh, not sure what you are on offense. The difference is is Notre Dame has flash has flashes have been really good. Clemson just hasn't been good all year outside of what Florida Atlantic and Charleston Southern. I mean, their offense has just kind of struggled all year. Where Notre Dame is like, can you guys please give me the Navy game, the Tennessee State game? Can you give me the the NC State game even? Can you give me the like if Notre Dame replicates against Clemson what they did against NC State, they win this game by twenty because they'll rip off some big plays and 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 put Clemson behind. Because if Clemson's offense gets behind the eight ball and Notre Dame can kind of just pin your ears back and attack the the quarterback, that's when they'll blow them out because they'll force a couple turnovers and and really run them off the field. Uh, but if you can't do that, then it's going to be much more. Can you give me the? Can you give me the pit offense? Can you give me the the? Heck, I'll even take the Ohio State offense if you just are a little bit better on about four plays. You know, just com- convert some of those fourth downs. Uh, so whereas Clemson or uh, with uh, Clemson, it's kind of like, yeah, they haven't really shown that they can be that. And that's to me why ultimately I'm going to pick Notre Dame is because I think they have the better offense of the two. And, and, and um, you know, I think they just have a lot more things going for them. But this is what makes this matchup concerning for me is because this Notre Dame team has been in dogfights against teams with comparable defenses to Clemson. Now, what Clemson doesn't have is Louisville's offense. Right. But they have enough talent, Ryan, where if the Notre Dame defense has an off day, they can look like that. And that's that's ultimately the concern that I have in this matchup. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would echo the same sentiment. I think that for me, I'm not worried about the Notre Dame defense versus the Clemson offense. I'm worried about can the Notre Dame offense give you enough against a really good Clemson defense to put you in a position where you win this football game and maybe even win it convincingly. Like I think that it's on the table, but I think that that matchup of Notre Dame offense versus the defense is going to be the big determiner of just what this football game looks like. If you play poor on offense, you're literally – Clemson's going to have a chance to win the football game. If you play solid on offense, you might win the football game. If you play really good on offense, you might end up winning convincingly against the University of Clemson this week. I mean, so I I think that Notre Dame's offense versus Clemson's defense is going to be the make it or break for this game. I would agree. Yeah. This is, this is, I mean, I just, I'm going to circle it back to the big picture stuff we were talking about earlier, Ryan. Yep. And for the offense, especially, there's a bigger picture aspect to this game. There is. For the defense, it's just keep doing what you're doing, right? I mean, that's – do you disagree defensively? Just keep doing what you're doing. Yep. Offensively, you got a lot to prove. Because if you struggle in this game, no one's going to care what you did against Pitt last week. No one's going to care what you did against USC. They're not going to care what you did against NC State or Navy or Tennessee State or Central Michigan. They're going to say, whenever you play good defense, you struggle to score points. And that's true. And that's yep. factual. Uh, the NC State game right now is the anomaly for Notre Dame. Sure. You do well against Duke. You can say, look, guys, we had a we had a couple rough weeks. Duke and Louisville were bad. Ohio State, we actually, I think they actually played well. They just didn't finish. Yeah. You know, they kept moving the ball into Ohio State territory. They just couldn't finish. That's got to get better, but that's not a bad performance. That's a not good enough performance. That there's a difference between the two. Yep. Duke and Louisville were bad. You come out and play well against Clemson, and now it's like, no, you're actually a pretty good offense. You just got to figure out how to do better in those couple games. And that's 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 what we said about Al Golden last year. 
So big picture offensively, this is a huge, huge game for this offense, for this offensive coaching staff, in my opinion. It really, really is. Yep. I, like Again, I think it's going to make it or break it. I mean, that's kind of how I would phrase it. Notre Dame has to have a really good offensive game plan, and they have to be ready for the challenge, right? Because Clemson's going to pressure. Clemson's going to be aggressive. I mean, it, it's a much more pressure-oriented team than it was last season, for instance, in the first year after the transition from Brent Venables, and I think that they are going to lean on their ability to pressure quarterbacks and to get in the backfield and create negatives because they have the corners this year more than last that they can or uh, secondary just in general even Andrew Bakuba coming up and playing some man-to-man coverage like they can do those things and they can take games away or they can force teams to be uncomfortable and they can create pressures for themselves so I think that that is the key matchup and that will show obvious growth because if you can move the ball against Clemson and have a very good performance offensively against Clemson you can do it against pretty much any team in college football I mean they are one of the best defenses in college football there is no doubt about it just quickly, Ryan, before we, we wrap up this Clemson overview, I would say offensively, there's not a whole lot different to what they've been in the past. There's some there's some schematic things that are unique to, that, that Garrett Riley has brought with him, but structurally, tempo-wise, pace-wise, how they attack defenses, it's pretty much what they've always been. And 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 I'm say what I say, and then you can add to it, disagree, whatever. Defensively, I would say that they're a little bit more aggressive this year than they were last year. Yeah, uh, they're a little bit more multiple this year than they were last year. They don't just line up and say we're better than you like they did last year. Uh, they try to create mistakes more than they did last year. So I think the D coordinator's grown a little bit this season. What Wes Goodwin is has has so that right there tells me they're not just going to line up on what they did what they did last year because that's not who they are anymore. Like they just thought yeah. they could line up and do what they do. Well, them doing what they do against Notre Dame this year is going to look different than it did last year. So what's ironic is we've actually seen more evolving from the defensive staff this season than we've seen on offense, even though the defense has not been the problem the last couple right. of years. And and so and, and whoever their secondary coach is, I'm going to look it up here real quick. I don't know who their who their uh, secondary coach is, but I, I'll tell you what, man, he has done a really good job of of getting this group to play better and maybe it's two different secondary coaches i'm going to actually look that up now they have a safeties coach the code d coordinator mickey cone is a is their safeties coach and then mike reed who's their special teams coordinator is their cornerbacks coach those two guys have done a phenomenal job of getting growth from this secondary because it's the same kids they had last year ryan same kids that struggled last year to stop the pass the same kids that Sam Hartman torched last season. Yep. And had it not been a 40-mile-an-hour winds, I think Notre Dame would have thrown on them too. I really thought Notre Dame was going to throw on that football team. But when it was 40-mile-an-hour winds, you're like, I'm not having Drew Pine throwing this. But uh, that group has has done a complete 180. And now, Ryan, I think this is one of the top 10 secondaries in college football right now. From what I've seen on film, because their safeties are playing well. Their safeties aren't elite players, Ryan. They're just all – they just do their job really well. You know, yeah. it's like they're athletic versions of DJ Brown, if that makes sense. Meaning like they don't get the, tr- they don't have the problems that DJ has because they're better athletes, but it just, they just do their job. Their corners, especially Nate, Nate Wiggins are really good. So I don't know that there's a, I mean, you, you tell me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, NFL draft guy, I don't see yep. an AJ Terrell in this secondary. Oh, I, I don't even Nate really Wiggins see, 
like, I Nate, like I top top twenty pick. You think he can be that guy? I, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if Nate Wiggins is the first corner selected in the twenty twenty four NFL draft. I you think he's on the top twenty? Yeah, I think. Okay, I just am yeah. concerned because the size and physicality. I don't see that like AJ Terrell had. I think he's so, pretty physical in coverage though. Just in in the run yeah. game, I agree though. He, so he struggles. They have fun. him. I don't see Sher- Sheridan Jones being Trayvon Mullen. I don't see that from him. Uh, just as far as, as a, co- I don't know about draft. I'll take your word for that. In college, I don't think Nate Wiggins is as good as AJ Terrell was in 2018. Just my opinion, but he's really good. We're splitting mm-hmm. hairs. Sheridan Jones is a solid. He's not Trayvon Mullen, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But the safety position is a lot better than what it was in 2018, in my opinion. You had Tanner Muse and Kayvon Wallace. These yeah. guys are much better players, in my view. And that's and what I, makes I, this secondary a really good group, in my view. Right. And I think I think Makuba can end up going top 150-ish type of player. Like, if he goes third or fourth rounds, when if he declares this year or next year, I think he has that type of talent. So, yeah. It's a talented secondary. It really yeah. is. Now, and not having R.J. Mickens hurts them a little bit, though, because it yeah. takes away some of their ability to move Makuba around. But they mm-hmm. still were really good. I mean, last week, what did NC State have? NC State last week threw Ryan for – 200 and no, let me see here. NC State, they had, um, was it 260 or uh, let me look it up here real quick because I have lost that. So let me see here. Hold on. Let me see what NC State did last week against against Clemson. But 72 again, 72 of it came on one play. So last week, there it is. They had 138 passing yards last week against Clemson, Ryan. Yeah. NC State did. 72 of it came on one play. Was was it Concepcion? Concepcion. This, it was, they ran like a little slant route against Toriano Pride. Pride yeah. missed him, and he just. That kid's might have been a, nice a quick year, post. Man. Yeah, he yeah. has. He has. But that, that was it. So, again, this is a really good defense. If Clemson had any kind of offense, Ryan, this is at, at worst a six and two football team. At worst. Yep. Yep. And that's the I thing agree. that I'm trying to, to make clear to people because if the Notre Dame offense plays well, they're got to do it against a really good defense. If the receivers play well, it's against a really good secondary. If they don't play well, it becomes a problem because now you're basically saying we can't play well against good defenses. So a lot at stake for them this weekend. But I, I do like the talent. But I, I really – I feel like they're doing more man outside this year than last year. Ryan, it could just be because they're better at it. I'm noticing it more. But I yeah. feel like they're doing less zone than they did last year. The weakness for them in the past game, Ryan, and and, and you you said it before. You and I were talking about before the show. But there is one weak spot if Notre Dame can exploit the pass game. Could be something that uh, is a big benefit in this game. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. I think isolating the middle of the field is an opportunity for Notre Dame. I mean, I I really think that the running backs could be a part of this passing game this week. I think that the tight ends could be a big part. I think that the slot receivers, whether that is Chris Tyree or you throw Jaden Thomas in there at times or it's Jordan Faison or you throw Jaden Greathouse in there at times, I really think the middle of the field is vulnerable, especially in man coverage because I – look – Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is a really good college linebacker. I don't think I think he's pretty overrated, to be honest, especially on a NFL draft side of things. I think he's very overrated. But he is a really good tackle to tackle inside linebacker, a guy that's going to come downhill, a guy that's going to be consistent in the run game, run fills, that type of gambit. He's a throwback. When you get, I mean, he, yeah, he really he, is. 
is his dad. I mean, I mean, yeah. he's a smaller yeah. version of his dad, but his dad was yeah. the same dude. The axe man was tackle to tackle thumper. But Jeremiah Trotter Jr., if you can get him in space and get him isolated, you can make plays against him. You can do it against their linebackers and their second-level defenders just in general. You mentioned that one of their better safeties is also out with an injury as of right now as well. So there is middle-of-the-field opportunities to take advantage of. So trying to get them isolated. Someone – we talked about it before the show, and, like, I wouldn't hate it if you're in some type of formation where – you motion Chris Tyree into the backfield and you try to isolate him against a linebacker at some point in this game, because you're going to run a lot of man and there's going to be opportunities there, whether it's a wheel or it's an angle route or an option route or whatever, you can take advantage of the second level. And I think that's where you need to find it. The middle of the field should be there. You're going to need to make a couple plays outside as you always do. But I really think that Notre Dame is going to have a chance to win at the middle of the field because I think they have advantages on the second level athletically. Agree. Agree. I also think it's a game where you could see you need to see a Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, ISOs against the linebackers. Because one of two reasons, Ryan. Number one is if you get Trotter in one-on-one or in any kind of chase situation, that's a that's an advantage. I mean, Florida State did that. They ran just a little little quick slide to Trey Benson and just said, Hey, Trey, you got to outrun Jeremiah Trotter to the sideline. And that's exactly what it did for like a 29-yard game. But also if you have something designed to attack the backers and you catch them in a blitz, again, they 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 average 20 pressures pressures a game with their linebacker. Pressures meaning they're going to bring them on a pass game pressure. 20 a game. If you have something designed to be in isolation against Barrett Carter and he's coming, somebody could be coming open, right? Now it's up to Sam Hartman to get the ball out and you know all those type of things, but that's where you can generate some big plays. That's where Notre Dame has a chance to do some big things in this game. So I'm very much looking forward to that. So that's going to do it for the breakdown of Clemson. We obviously talked about the big picture nature of this game. And again, I, I know some of you are obsessed with, oh, Clemson's not good. You can keep telling yourself that. And that's that's factual because they're four and four. Our contention is it is a dangerous football team. And if Notre Dame is going to continue growing and developing as a program, they need to handle their business this weekend but they're going to need to play well to do it. You don't just roll the balls out and Clemson lays down and dies because they're you're way better than them. They've been in every game that they've lost so far. And they're going this is their season is on the line and they're going to play like a team with their backs against the wall. So Notre Dame's going to have to bring it this week and if they do, they'll win. If they don't, they got a shot to lose. And that's what's at stake this weekend. And so, you know, we're going to find out. We're going to find out what Notre Dame is able to do. Broke down the big picture nature of it as well. Just a reminder to, to, to as well before we dive into the mailbag tonight at 9 o'clock p.m., we will be going live on CFB Nation. Myself, Bill Bender, Bill Trochu will be going live on CFB Nation at 9 o'clock to break down the first batch of the College Football Playoff Ranking. So if you have not done so, please subscribe on the YouTube channel to CFB Nation. I will also tweet it out. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that as well. We're going to go live about 9 o'clock to break down the first batch of college football playoff rankings. So that's going to do it for this part of the show. we got a mailbag coming up next. So we don't have a whole lot of mailbag questions yet, so it will likely be a quick one. So if you do have some mailbag questions, go ahead and get those thrown in there now. Uh, but before we do, hit that like button, folks. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. We would greatly appreciate a five-star review if you're listening via podcast platform. And if you've not already done so, please sign up for the message board at boards.arsbreakdown.com. If we had as many message board members 
as we have people that listen to the show on a regular basis, we would be able to make some moves from a staff standpoint that you guys, I think, would really like. So uh, if, you, if you haven't already done so, sign up for the message boards. If you are a member and you want to support us even above and beyond the membership price, you can sign up for either the 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 uh, Shamrock, Blue, or Gold Club, which comes with some free IB merch. So you'll definitely check that out as well. So for Brian, I'm Ryan. Thanks for watching this portion of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.